jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out Sorry, did you um, want to go take a nap? I'm so tight. Uh, so tight. <laughs> what? I'm I don't. I don't like why a do you baby. Hate, why do you hate baby? Why do you hate diapers? Why do you hate my bonnet? <laughs> why do you hate my little rattle and my cute pacifier? I don't like the baby talk. I don't. It, uh, it makes me uncomfortable. I think we're going to have to have a set up a meeting with HR because. Well, <laughs> oh, an, an accountability process? Yeah, I don't. I'm. <laughs> Who who is working Gaylord's HR right now? Who do we have up there in the tower? Um Right now it's just a scraping noise in the <laughs> attic. But I, but I think there's someone up there. So So just like every other HR <laughs> office, it's just a continuous yeah. rustle. Yeah. Yeah. It's like oh. The Exorcist, you know, when there's noises in the attic. And maybe it's Pazuzu is our HR person. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, you guys. <laughs> Anthony, stop being baby. <laughs> it's too uncomfortable, not appropriate workplace. <laughs> Stacy, don't yuck a yum. <laughs> oh, see, I like that old, old Zuzu goes both ways. Yeah, honestly, Zuzu didn't solve shit, really. Yeah. <laughs> Good cop, bad cop, and doesn't work for anybody. Yeah. But uh, I just I just don't like baby talk. Yeah, it's weird. It's, it's weird. weird. That's why I only do it in the bedroom. Like I leave yeah. it strictly. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's <laughs> makes me uncomfortable to know that about you. <sighs> Stacy, listen. This this onion she unfolds with many layers. <laughs> She's blooming. <laughs> she is a blooming onion. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh, well, it's October, the scariest month of the year. It's tis the season. Tis the saison, as the French say. Yeah, the, the <laughs> saison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why are you tired? I'm tired. Everybody's tired. It's October. I'm tired. I'm tired. I, I ate so, mi- so much at the, the buffet in Las Vegas, let me tell you. I see. I had. You had to let out your fanny pack a little? I let out my fanny pack. I, I like was I was calculating about how much water I drank so I could just <laughs> stuff in more food. Wow. <laughs> it was beautiful. But I'm still coming out of my, my buffet nap, man. Oh yeah. It was a long and then and then you've got you've got like I mean, you've you've only committed to, Stacey, um, not just bringing light to my life by updating Final Girl every single day but twice every single day this month it's wild do i regret it absolutely <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like such a good idea at the time if you don't know listeners i have a website called final girl final girl rocks and during this high holy month of october uh, i'm doing 31 days of suspiria 
I know we've never talked about that movie. You might say 31 days after you've already done three episodes of it and have mentioned it a million times. And I say, baby, oh, baby, 31 days is nothing. It's the blink of an eye. You're just full Marianne Williamson with, girlfriend, you're so on. (laughs) Just going for it. Yeah, I'm just going for it. So 31 days of Suspiria. And then I decided that's not enough. How about if I review a movie every day? I don't know why I said that, because (laughs) here we are as we record this. We're about a week in, not even, and I want to die. (laughs) A handful of days in. A handful of days in. You can count the days on one hand. And I'm already like, oh, what have I done to myself? Yeah, I watched I watched uh, Mr. Barlow, Stacy, just like shuffle on in to the, <laughs> to the recording studio and go. <laughs> yeah, my brain f- is starting to go soft already. I think. Yeah, yeah, and and then we're also making that giant zine um, for Gay- and the Suspiria. Gaylord's presents Suspiria zine. Yeah, the Suspiria zine is happening. Plus this show. Plus the show and the, and the 18 hours of content we got to watch every week. I mean, even if we cut it down to, like, generally one movie a week. It's still so that's consuming. St- that's still a review. That's still time. I have to sit there and I have to take notes. Sometimes I have to pause and rewind. I have to think. The things so, we do for you people is I all know, I have you to know, say. The sacrifices we make. So the I'm small just, sacrifices. I just, um, I'm going to power through this shocktober. As they say, come November, I make no promises. <laughs> <laughs> once once it's over, I just imagine myself turning into a puddle. Yeah. With yeah. a face on it. <laughs> <laughs> just reflect, just in the blood pool, reflecting out from the, yes. the basement of the Tons Gupa. Yeah. So... But I'm, I, you know, it's nice to really dive even deeper into Suspiria. Um, I didn't think it was possible, but it turns out that it is. Oh yeah, you're so, like you're like shoulder deep at this point. I'm shoulder deep at this point. Um, I love that Shocktober is like always like you always commit to this like gigantic like un undoable thing like like um like it's it's your Sisyphusian task. <laughs> Every year, and it's so amazing. I love how all in you get for, in honor of Shocktober in the season, Stacy. Well, oh, thank you. I mean, why not? It's one month, right? And it's it's just been nice to be reviewing movies and watching movies and stuff like that. But I do feel like there are only so many hours in a day. This is real. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah. uh, you know, so if people. Uh, I know that you're listening to this with your ears. If your eyes are also functional and you know how to read, <laughs> consider checking it out at finalgirl.rocks. Otherwise, I'm just writing for Anthony. And while I don't have a problem with that, <laughs> we could also just talk. It gets a little incestuous after a while. <laughs> yeah. So uh, give something a read. Let me know if you're reading it. Um, yeah. After all, if Final Girl didn't exist, this show wouldn't exist because Anthony and I probably would not know each other. So, can you believe <gasps> that's our like sliding doors? It's our sliding doors. Like in another universe, we're both like high-paid uh, lesbian professionals in Los <laughs> Angeles. 
in the L word generation Q. <laughs> Instead, I'm a blogger. Yeah, Hillary Clinton is president over there. Suspiria mm-hmm. made $250 billion. Like it, it, like it beat the Avengers Age of Ultron or whatever. Right. But you know what? I'm happy it turned out this way in this dark parallel Berenstein Bears universe. It's- it does have its upsides. It's also yeah. like, oh god, I have to review another movie. Oh, is that cheese in my hair? Where am I? <laughs> What's happening? I'm a blogger. Um, <laughs> what? My house does smell like eggs right now, and I think that's oh, because okay. of. <laughs> Well, well, this is information that has <laughs> been dispensed and now exists in the room. Is is it the sign of a haunting? No. <laughs> I just made some egg salad yesterday. <laughs> but there's residual egg smell and it hits me every once in a while and I'm like... Residual egg smell? From the boiling of the eggs, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it gets into the walls. And, and so I'm like, is this a new strain of stroke that I'm having? <laughs> You smell eggs now? Is that the what it is? <laughs> I go on WebMD. No. I smell eggs. I smell eggs. This is, have you made egg salad recently? Yeah, <laughs> yeah the flowchart. I just like, yeah. Cancer so, or egg salad. <laughs> cancer or egg salad. So anyway. <laughs> October's shaping up to be great. Listen, I feel like I need a trick-or-treat on out of here, so it's <laughs> great. <laughs> uh, well, anyway. October is here, and we had we got some spooky times in. We did Demons last week, and man, oh man, that movie still fucking kicks ass. So cool. So good. Um, and now we are continuing down that spook train. The spook train keeps on the chug-chug-chugging. Uh, with uh, this week's look at a movie that um, is one of two movies, I've told you this before, but it's one of two movies that in my adult life I thought, oh God, I cannot continue to be in this theater. I actually may have to leave this theater. Oh my God, I am going to die. Why is this happening? Oh my God. Yeah. And that movie uh, is called 2005's The Descent. Man, I love, I mean, uh, whatever, I love it. It's perfect. (laughs) It's It's, perfect. It's so perfect still, so perfect. I was really excited to watch this um, and to see, like, if I had, if I changed my mind on this film. Yes. Um, if there was anything that felt like, you know, I don't know, like there's a Me Too here or there or like, like what I, I've read lots of critiques of this film that I think are interesting. Um, I've also read fan theories that are interesting. Are they? Uh, but I was really expected to see how the table shifted. And what I learned is I love this movie more than ever. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I, I knew I would still like it, but I wondered if I would come out of it and be like, okay, I don't have to watch that again for another 15 years. You know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. I didn't think it would be a wrong turn. Like wrong turn really shocked me when we did our episode about that. We both thought it was good, right? I thought it was so good. I loved that movie. I did too. And it did not hold up. It did not hold up, like, at all for me. Um, and so this one, I was worried that some of the luster would have come off, because this 
especially in the early days of Final Girl, like 2005, that's, I think, when I started the blog. So this was like the first big new movie that came out that I was cuckoo nutso about. Yep. Like, just crazy about this movie because it came along at a time where horror really fucking sucked. <laughs> so, okay, you mentioned, uh, well, I wait another 15 years because this was literally 14 oh years God. ago now. It's coming up on 15 years old. Um, and with the UK release, who knows if it's actually like at 15. But I mean, what? how is that possible? <laughs> that is disgusting. Um, never speak to me or my child ever again. And I do want to speak to a manager. But like, 50, like 15, like the, 2005. We talked about this when we answered that listener question about good horror movies in horrible five year periods. One of them being 2000, 2005. Yeah. When we, like, we were able to chart, like, five good movies from that era. And this was one of them. And this was, like, the best one from that era. Oh, sure. And what a light in the darkness to send. I mean, what a, a glowing, uh, don't run into the daylight, it's actually phosphor. <laughs> like, in yeah. the darkness, the descent is, right? It's nuts. Yeah. We were, it was, horror was not pretty. I mean, 2005 also brought us Hellraiser Hellworld. Oh, okay. Okay. So when we talk about good movies, there's obviously Hellraiser Hellworld. Yeah. And the, the, fo- the fog And the Fog remake. And the Fog remake where it turns out, like, wasn't the Jamie Lee Curtis character actually a ghost? <laughs> and she's like... Oh my God. I've become one with the fog again. Everything is better. I'm, I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so this movie, I mean, not only was this a good movie, just flat out a good movie, the likes of which we hadn't seen in ages. Yeah. But but the fact that it's so women-centric. So women-centric and terrifying as shit. Mm-hmm. It is a very, very upsetting movie. It is. And yes, especially coming from an era, a very specifically dude horror era. Yes. From a filmmaker who makes a lot of dude stuff, too. Yeah. I mean, his stuff generally, you know, treats women very well, but it is definitely... You would never think, one, oh, was this made by a man or a woman? (laughs) You would never question that. And you would never say to yourself, I wonder if this filmmaker's gay. (laughs) Like, it's just very obviously horror from a straight dude. And that's fine. But I'm just saying that then it's that much more surprising then that it is all women. Yeah. And it's respectful of the women. And they're fully fleshed out characters. Mm-hmm. And the actors that play them are so fucking legit in oh these roles God. that they become real people. Okay, before we talk anymore, Stacy, <laughs> what is The Descent about? For our listeners that have not seen this movie... One, you are, who the fuck are you and why? Why? What? I mean, uh, I mean, seriously, if you have not seen it and you consider yourself someone who likes horror movies in the least, stop this episode and go watch The Descent. Like, what is wrong with you? Everybody's seen it, though. Everybody's seen, everybody knows. I mean, maybe if you have, like, extreme claustrophobia, like Storm or something, then maybe this could be a problem for you. (laughs) That could be. It opens with (laughs) three friends, Sarah, Beth, and Juno, are on a whitewater rafting trip. Um, Sarah's husband and young daughter are on the side cheering them on as they come down the rapids. Hooray, everything seems wonderful. It's so nice. Um, It's so nice and outdoorsy. You know, those outdoorsy types of people. Yeah, they go to REI. They have coupons. 
that's right. They have a lot of their clothing is nylon. Yeah, they have a rack on the car. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So, okay, that's over. And uh, on the way home, there's a car accident and Sarah's husband and daughter get killed. And it's really like a super truncated version of Final Destination or something. Like, it's just unexpected. (laughs) There's a head-on collision and these poles from the other car, like, slide off their roof through the car, right through the husband and presumably the child. It is so fucked up. It's so fucked up and shocking. So sudden, especially going off this, like, Hallmark REI commercial moment. Yeah. One minute was... they're talking about a birthday party. The next minute, two people are dead. There's blood everywhere and that, and that shot of just a twitching hand in the car. Mm-hmm. So a year later, Juno has organized a sort of reunion uh, caving excursion. And like you do. Uh, like you do. And it's uh, Juno and Beth and Sarah are reunited. Also, there are Rebecca and Sam, a pair of sisters that know everybody oh. else from way back. And there's Holly. Not gay, shockingly. Not uh, gay. Not gay. Not Butch Kira Knightley. Whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. And She's not a Dominic Har- or Domino Harvey uh, cosplayer. <laughs> <laughs> At all. Um, she's Juno's friend who tags along. The six of them <clears throat> are going to go into this cavern system. Uh, the only problem is that Juno has misled them. And told them they were going to Borum Caverns, of which there's guidebooks and plenty of people have been there. Instead, they're going to an uncharted cave system because Juno wants them to have this amazing experience. I thought we could discover it together. Yeah. Uh, One cave in later. Oh, God. They're trapped. They need to find another way out of this system that is completely uncharted. And as far as they know, no one's ever been down there. But people have been down there. And the reason it's uncharted is because those people don't make it out alive. And the reason those people don't make it out alive is because the cave system is full of the crawlers who are these angry, naked monsters who will eat you. Blind goblin beasts. <laughs> and they're from the devil, and I hate them. Yeah. So they uh, end up picking off the women one by one until there's just Sarah and Juno. It's revealed that Juno <clears throat> was having an affair with Sarah's husband. Uh, Sarah cripples Juno and leaves her behind. The fucking ice axe in the leg. Ugh. And then gets out, or does she get out? It depends. There's a few different endings, and there's a sequel. So (laughs) we'll see about that. But yeah, that's kind of it in a nutshell, I think. I can't, I still can't get over just like, I think at this point, what, High Tension was 2003? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had High Tension. That was, like, great. I remember that was a huge light in the darkness. Yeah. Um, and then the next one for me that really just got me was The Fucking Descent. Yeah. It was this movie. It's it's just so it's just such a combination of, of writing, acting, directing, suspense, terror, um, mm-hmm. gore, uh, and just the story and the darkness of it. Yeah, and the caliber of acting 
Um, the acting, man. Just hadn't really seen anything like it before. Like, yeah, sure, we've seen plenty of monster movies by this point, but hadn't seen anything like it where it's a cast that comprises women. Pretty much, with the exception of the husband, it's all women, unless you count some of the monsters. Yeah, it's like very anti-Silent Hill with Sean Bean, <laughs> where the only the the only guy in the movie gets killed in like the first three minutes of the film. Right. Yeah, it's all women, and their relationships are really fleshed out. They're each fleshed out as characters. You really come to care about all of them, for the most part. Oh, um, you don't want them to die when they do get killed. It's really heartbreaking. It's a tragedy for every single queen that dies in this movie. Yeah. You can't, like, no matter how many times I've seen it, I'm like, Beth's going to get out this time. Oh, my God. Every time I think she's Perfect Beth. Okay. Beth is the universal best, right? Like, she's my my queen. Yeah. I love Beth. I will die for Beth. I still am shocked every time that, that, that you know, because Juno is fighting off the monsters, like the, they're, they're jumping on her and coming at her and she's stab, 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 stabby with that ice axe. And then she hears one creeping up behind her and she turns around and spins and swings the ice axe right into the neck of Beth. Yeah. And just the look in Beth's eyes and Juno is traumatized and then Beth grabs that necklace and pulls it off and, and just falls down and she's just bleeding out there. And Juno's just backing away and Beth is reaching for her. Mm-hmm. And Juno it leaves so... her to die. Oh my God. She just leaves her. Like Beth just wants her there with her as she's dying. Yeah. And Juno just leaves. And it is so tragic and it is so sad. And I always think, like last night, I was genuinely shocked because I thought Beth had so much longer. Like I forgot how quickly she Yeah, died. she goes Because really she's quickly. my favorite character. I remember, I like love Beth. I love her. Her weird, what is, what the fuck is her lemon joke? <laughs> how do you make a lemon orgasm? You tickle its citrus. <laughs> <laughs> And she's, like, saying that to get somebody out of a panic attack as they're trapped in a cave. She is, I mean, I think this movie is, it adds another layer of something if you decide that Beth is gay. Listen, Beth is gay. (laughs) Beth is gay, right? Beth is gay, and she is, like, she is the gay friend that knows everything that's going on, and she's watching from the outskirts. Right. And she's invested in everybody. She's, like, picking her battles, but she also has one person in mind that she cares for a little bit more and is looking out for a little bit more. Mm-hmm. She's that good gay friend, that ride-or-die buddy man. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's the best. I mean, even just on the surface level of, like, she has, like, the best lines in the film. Like that, I'm an English teacher, not fucking Tomb Raider. <laughs> Best line so in the good. best line in the movie. She's funny. So good. She's the bro to the end. Yeah. Even as she's dying, she's still concerned about Sarah's welfare. Such a ride or die. I mean, in this case, it's die, but she is there one hundred percent for you. Yeah. And by you, I mean Sarah. She yeah. is Oh, Beth. She's the best. She's absolutely Perfect the best. fucking queen. Also, I think, I mean, all the actresses in this, and we spoke to this, but all the actresses are so incredible in this movie um, that it really, for a movie about a w- bunch of women that go spelunking, uh, a movie that opens with this extremely gory, shocked, like, uh, double death scene in the, in the relatively beginning of the film, 
for a movie that features blind creatures that sound like Helena Marcos running around, <laughs> scaling and ripping people's throats out and blood flying everywhere. For a movie with all of those things, like for a movie from the director of Dog Soldiers where a dog pulls a guy's intestines out because it's just like chewing on the intestines because like, oh, it's yummy. <laughs> for all of that, like these actors elevate this to like Oscar level work, I think. Yeah, I agree. Like just off their acting, like they're so... They don't even seem like the kinds of actors you see in horror films. No. And and to that extent, like, the characters, too. Like, they just really feel like real people. Yeah, they go against <clears throat> horror movie stereotypes. It's not, like, they're not uh, bitchy to each other. I mean, you could say yeah. that Sarah's the ultimate bitch to Juno or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, they're not your usual stock horror movie characters. They truly mm-hmm. feel like friends. They truly feel like real people. They feel like women. That's yes. a that's a big thing. Is it? They feel like women. These are not CW teen stars. You know, mm-hmm. it's not Jessica Beazles down there. Like they don't. They're all <laughs> fucking gorgeous, but they're not like movie stars mm-hmm. looking. You know, they don't have that. Maybe it's because they're like they look the, like they're British. <laughs> They're British, <laughs> they're, that's what it is. You know, but they, they look like women. These are women with full lives. Like, Beth is a teacher. Like, they're actual human beings. Yeah, they never come off as, like, like like um, like um as, as women that just uh, got rewritten from a male role in a script. <laughs> and then yes. got recast as, like, women. They literally, they just, they 100% so genuine and so authentic to the point that when they take that photo... In the beginning of their trip. And it goes to, like, black and white, and we get a still image of that. And then that comes up again at the end after literally every single one of them has died. Yeah. As far as we know. It's just, it's, that is the, that is the added ice axe in my heart. Yeah. (laughs) Is that photo. Because they, I I have so believed their friendship, and I have seen them go through all their ups and downs together. Mm Mm-hmm. And I have mourned them. And then you see that and it's just like you remember how wonderful they are, how beautiful they are, how real they all are, and how dead they are. It's yeah, so it's, sad. it's yeah, you get that little sting of heartbreak at the end where you're like, oh, they all went off to do this and they didn't come back. And, and, and I mean, consider if you figure like there's no sequel, they all went to do this, they never came back, and no one's ever going to know what happened to them. Yeah, no one found, no one found, like, even when they're talking about Borum Caves, and like, oh, well, we could, we could, if we're trapped, we could just, call, like, someone will notice that we've been gone long enough, because, um, you know, Juno filed with whoever, and, and the, like, the mountain service will come looking for us, and it's like, oh, no, they're not going to come, because nobody knows where you are. Mm-hmm. You're in a place that has never been discovered, that no one has been to, except for dead people that also got eaten down there by these fucking goblin crawlers. Yep. And so until someone comes across their cars, maybe someday out in the middle of nowhere, all the, you know, all of their loved ones and everything are just going to be like, where, what happened? Where are they? Yeah. Beth's girlfriend back home probably is like, oh no. Oh no, Beth's girlfriend. (laughs) Beth is so gay. But you know, I mean, like, I think also, I really like the fact that, yeah, for as gory, violent, disgusting as this movie is, and like, Neil Marshall does not hold back with the violence. Not at all. Not at all. However, 
all of them, especially Beth, there's a dignity in their deaths. Yes. Their deaths are treated respectfully and kind of with the reverence that these characters deserve. Like Beth is basically crippled. She's dying, but the crawlers are coming. She's having her last talk with Sarah and she basically asks Sarah to kill her. Sarah reluctantly agrees and is going to smash her head in with a rock and the camera um, cuts to a long shot. So we and it's like the, he's not doing that maybe like maybe they didn't think they could do the effect well or something. Oh, they could after everything else I've uh, seen but, in the movie. Yeah, after everything else, you're like, he could have pulled an Ari Aster and shown us that really close up and disgusting. With, but he gave that character the dignity of, like, that death. Yeah. Well, just like Sarah says to her, don't ask me to do this. Right. And then and then she says, okay, close your eyes. And it's so right. hard for her as she picks up that rock. And it's ugh, it's heartbreaking. It really is. I do love, though, that she finds her under, like, a ribcage. <laughs> just like pull yeah. it off of her first yeah. but it's so fucking sad like after everything beth has been dragged off to the eating pit yeah and it's you know everyone remember that has seen this movie remembers that like the eating chamber where there's just bones and everything is blood and Ugh. red and there there's there's also actually i never never noticed it i think until now but there's a really cute set of skeleton hands sticking up like waving howdy at the screen <laughs> But like it, she just she finds her in there, pulls a fucking ribcage off of her, and her friend is still alive. Like Beth is still alive, even though she's got that hole in her throat. She uh, physiologically probably should have choked to death on her own blood at this moment. But, right? Yeah. But she's still there, and she she's like, "Don't trust Juno." Right. And gives her the necklace mm-hmm. that says "Love Each Day," which is the necklace that Paul gave her, and "Love Each Day" is what Paul, Sarah's husband, used to always say. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm I'm sorry, Paul, that your perfect wife wasn't good enough for you. Yeah, your perfect, gorgeous Shauna McDonald queen of a wife. <laughs> yeah. Not good enough. Not good enough. <laughs> I'm glad he's dead. I know. Yeah, fuck, fuck Paul. I want yeah. all of them back except Paul. Right, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, but it's it's just so lovely that, like, I mean, say what you will about the whole juno having an affair and like that is a little like okay you know like okay so she's gonna cheat with her friend's husband like eh, wah, wah. Mm-hmm. but just the way that i don't know i just love that beth is like looking out for sarah right to the end she's the one there yeah. with her in the hospital yeah, she's the first, when Sarah is running down that hallway and goes all session nine moment with the lights one after another going off, mm-hmm. she's having that like nightmare sequence and then she snaps out of it and she's just running right into into Beth's arms. It's heart-wrenching. It it's is. heart-wrenching. I love Sarah and Beth forever. Yeah. Yeah. I love all of them, honestly, but. Yeah. I do love, I, I like Becca and Sam a lot, too. Becca and Sam were my team this this screening. Yeah. Because I've always zeroed in on how much I love Beth, but this time I was like, because I was like, oh my god, Beth's dead so fast, I did not remember that. Yeah. Um, Becca and Sam are the shit. Mm-hmm. I love them. I love those sisters. That's the thing. That's what it does so well, is like, you have the Beth-Sarah relationship and the Becca-Sam relationship, that these women care about each other and love each other so much Mm -hmm. and look out for each other and will sacrifice for each other Mm -hmm. and it's just like crazy circumstances but such 
amazing female friendships that you don't yeah. often see in yeah. horror. Even even Juno and Holly, like they're always competing with each other and, and Holly's like always trying to one up her and, and get to the next chamber and be super fast. Right. Um, to to her own end. Um but but they all like even with that competition, they really care about each other. Mm-hmm. Which I mean Juno and Holly are also gay. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> I'm sorry, when Becca introduces Holly, and she's like, this is Holly. She's Juno's prodigy. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a pregnant pause there. Protégé. Protégé, yeah. Yeah. Well, and then she class of, and then she calls herself sports folk. Mm-hmm. Like Juno and like Becca, too, I think, and everyone laughs. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, so are you all gay? Or, because I, I, always, some... I always just figured it was just Beth, really. But Oh, I think Juno and Holly are, too. Look at Holly's hair. It's like Marianne. Look at French Kristen Stewart's hair and <laughs> tell know. me she's not gay. Really? I she's know. It's, sometimes telling... it boggles the mind. It's, like, it's one of those things. You know, this is a side note. Maybe I'll cut it out. But this is what Bioware likes to do in their games. Is they will telegraph a lesbian character. They will give her all of the stereotypes and mm-hmm. personalities and then they'll be like oh haha psych she's straight see how we're we're bucking the stereotype and blah 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 <laughs> and it's like well sometimes it's okay to just have a lesbian too yeah sometimes it's fine you know but you're so, telling me you're telling yeah. me this character with short hair who had a home depot card and she's always talking <laughs> about her sister <laughs> and she doesn't like any comedy or humor you're telling me that she's a straight woman i'm sorry yeah this is hate speech yeah so it's i'm surprised none of them are overtly gay but then it was 2005, so I don't think we were there yet. If it came out today, that one of them would be gay. One of them uh, Beth would be. would be gay. And Juno and Holly would absolutely also be gay. Yeah. <sighs> Becca and Sam. It's such a tragedy. I love the little moment. I mean, it's so sad. <sighs> but when they're on the run and things are going crazy and there's yet another chasm... And Sam has is like lost her mind, and she tries oh to cross God. the chasm, even though just in complete panic and terror. Complete panic. She's not thinking clearly, but there's still the moment when she's about to begin, and when she's got the ropes, and she looks at her hands, and it's like she's training to be a surgeon, mm-hmm. and you know that she's about to destroy her hands, and so with mm-hmm. everything that's happening, it's still like such a wonderful little touch like i don't know if that was in the script or just myanna burring did that on her own or i don't know what but it's like what a beautiful character moment oh yeah yeah to like flesh her it tells you so much about her and fleshes her out so much yeah she's not just the doctor because it serves the purpose of her saying oh well these creatures must be blind and right. they hunt with sound like a bat. <laughs> yeah. Like, she's not just there to give that exposition when we're trying to understand what these things are they're fighting. Like, it's it fleshes out the world that she came from, why we have, why they, why it's been a while since, like, her own sister or the other girls have seen her. Mm-hmm. Like, she's in medical school. She's She has a whole life outside of this cave in this moment of horror. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, and I love her. And then I she dies. Her. I love her. Oh, but when she dies, when she is hanging from that cavern, and it's horrible because Juno's like trying to get, uh, Becca is freaking out and is like, baby girl, come back. Oh. And and it's so sad because the two of them, you know, were so tight throughout the entire thing of like hiding together. Um, they they have that horrifying sequence with the watch going off and the crawlers like right there at coming after them. And they have to toss the watch before it, before the crawler gets them. Um, and everything they've been through, through together, like fighting these things off and just going through one on one as sisters, and then and then Becca having to watch as her sister, like a crawler, drops down in that chasm as she's crossing over the the the, the ceiling, I guess, of it, and that thing slashes her throat, and it's just so. Sad. But then Sam is such a fucking badass; Ugh. her throat's been slit that she still finds the strength to sit up while hanging from this thing, while bleeding out everywhere, can't even breathe, stabs the dude in the head, makes sure he dies, and then instantly dies herself. Mm-hmm. Like she's so cool. They're all so cool. They're they're not just like real people. They're also they also get to be badasses. Right. That's the, and I think when... I I think that. Uh is a testament i mean the juno character who like this viewing usually i'm really forgiving of juno but watching this last night i was like juno's a fucking dick like juno is the worst (laughs) this is all her fault literally everything happened because of juno everything happened because of juno um i was more forgiving of juno on this viewing than ever before i actually have to say but i still agree (laughs) yeah i'm usually i'm super forgiving i'm like did sarah really have to do that at the end and blah 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 (laughs) yeah but this time i'm like no juno sucks like you're doing (laughs) doing this to her friend sarah from the beginning and then or you know all of this is her fault basically um and plus the yeah. sin of leaving beth like that plus the sin of what she did to number one angel forever beth yeah um and yet still she gets to be such a badass and you can't help but be like god damn she's fucking cool she's fucking cool right <laughs> she is awesome like these characters it's it's they behave the way we want horror movie characters, especially women, to behave. Yeah. How many times have people yelled at a screen in a slasher movie where it's like, oh, the final girl fought off the killer, and then she picks up the knife and goes, poke, and he falls down, and then she drops the knife, and he's like, wah, and runs away. Yep. These bitches are Sarah (laughs) digs her thumbs into eyeballs all Uh. the way up and keeps them there. Oh, God. Until they fight back like I would never be able to. But it's yeah. just with a fury. They, like, just, especially Sarah, like, just become oh. animalistic. Like, they just let go. Sarah goes full G.I. Jane. And it's, <laughs> it's so but amazing. Even like, even, like, Becca. Like, Becca's maybe the least, um, well, maybe after Beth, Becca's, like, maybe the least, like, uh warrior of all the women in the movie because they all mm-hmm. kind of become warriors in their own way yeah but like becca even when when the when the the guy's chasing at the crawler's chasing after her and she tells sam to run and then she stays to fight him and she's just swinging that ice axe at him that she has the glow stick attached to and like she's not making any progress but she's still taking him on mm-hmm. like she yeah oh, they all so become cool. in in their in their incredible fear they all become fearless 
Um, And they're all so smart. Like, with the exception of probably Holly, who basically is the beginning of their end. Yeah, Holly's... uh... And definitely the beginning of her own end, for sure. I granted also have to say my least favorite character. My least favorite as well, yeah. Yeah. Her brashness leads to a lot of problems. Um, Yes. But I would say everybody else is super smart also. They know to be quiet. They know to stay still. They adapt incredibly quickly to these crazy fucking circumstances. Well, because they they because this is a spinoff of the L word. They are high powered, <laughs> successful women. They are brilliant and they are badass warriors. So they know how to they know how to work a boardroom and they know how to to stab the eyes out of a crawler goblin. Since their first time at the rodeo, okay. Oh God, I love them all so much. And actually, I have to retract my statement because Becca actually is one of the most badass of them. Like, while her hand-to-hand combat skills are not as excelsior as, like, say, Sarah or Juno, um, watching Becca go full American Ninja Warrior when she's, like, <laughs> yeah. planting those, those like, rope line things, yeah. anchors into the caverns, and she's, like, <gasps> pulling herself up. Mm-hmm. Another G.I. Jane moment. It is, yeah. ugh. Yeah. Like, the physicality of this, these women, too, is just so um, exhausting to watch. Right. Watching yeah. them climb and, and have to have those moments. And that's why it's so hard watching Sam do it, because you've already seen Becca, like, who is very skilled at this, like, already strain herself. And Sam, with her precious surgeon hands, trying to do it. Man, it's you feel it. You've, this is a very visceral, felt movie. Like, yes. Every cut, and for a movie that takes place in a lot of darkness, um, all that information is fleshed out so well through the lighting and the sound design, the fucking awful sounds in this movie. Yeah, technically, this is such a good film. That oh, it yeah. is in caves, it takes place in caves, but it's not, your vision isn't obscured. Um, it's well shot, everything is clear, and information is relayed in a way that we get what's going on. The mm-hmm. sound design, yeah, is fucking impeccable. Um, God, the, those, especially, uh... like, it, you know, it takes an hour f- before the crawlers really show up. Yeah. It's an hour in, which is a long time for a horror movie. To get, and by to that get to point, the goods. <laughs> by that point, it has already been terrifying, too. Yes, it's already. Just the claustrophobia. Oh, my God. Like, that's when, when I saw this in the theater for the first time, when it came out, that was when I thought I had to leave, was, like, just them going through those extremely tight spaces, and then Sarah getting stuck, and then the collapse beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, the, I have not seen claustrophobia like that in a movie besides in The Descent. Like, to that mm-hmm. level where I'm like, I'm going to die. And that was before any fucking monster even showed up. Mm-hmm. Well, part of that is just, like, it's filmed so fucking well. And part of that is Shauna McDonald's, like... Oh, she's so... Well, that's the thing. Uh, to be scared in a movie, you really have to believe that the person you're watching is scared. Mm-hmm. And just her starting to get stuck... And trying yeah. to fight off that sense that she's getting stuck and then beginning to panic as she knows she's stuck and then saying, I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, it's horrifying. It's horrifying. She's, she sell- That's actually what I wrote. I said, Shauna sells it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm freaking out. I hate this. At this point, all of my notes go 
all all caps for the duration of my notes. <laughs> yeah, she's incredible. And it's one of those things that it's like you wish that horror was a genre taken seriously in terms of like recognition and awards and all of that. Because oh. pe- performances like that should be recognized and they're ne- they never are by the mainstream. I mean, add it to the litany. Add it of, to the snubbies. <laughs> of snubbed actresses in horror who are really killing it with the, I mean, the entire cast of Descent, uh, mm-hmm. Tony Collette and Hereditary, the entire cast of Suspiria. Like yeah. women, women giving performances that rival anything Meryl Streep is doing that year. Absolutely. Like, who are really inhabiting characters and making them real instead of making, like, an impersonated uh, spectacle. Yeah, yeah. ooh, (laughs) look at me! I'm the woman who can't sing! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, now I'm going to cook something! I'm another woman you recognize! And I'm a huge Meryl Streep fan. I know you have varying opinions. I'm a huge fan of hers. But, like, these women... Yeah. ...are so grounded, so real. I cannot get over how... I mean, just, they just... light up light up the screen with their performances Mm -hmm. something i have to share really quick about that too yeah yeah uh i lost my mind when i saw this thing about um this the only movie with a j name i want to be talking about right now is judy but the other one the joaquin phillip phoenix movie coming out oh god that all these you know fight club boys are creaming themselves over like (laughs) <laughs> there was this thing going around about how Joaquin Phoenix is like this brilliant actor, but how he would get so in depth with his character that he was like super method and he would like uh, play pranks on people and harass them on set. And he was really abrasive and really unprofessional with all the actors, except with Robert De Niro, who's like formerly seen as that king of that school of acting machismo. Of course. Maybe, well, and Dustin Hoffman. Um, but he was like, he was only, he was respectful with De Niro, but nobody else. He was like a real terror on the set. <sighs> and, but he had to do that because he had to really inhabit the role. And then this person that shared that on Twitter um, tweeted, wow, I can't help but think of uh, when I interviewed Tony Collette on Hereditary and I asked her how she got so dark for that role. And she laughed and said, it's only a movie. <laughs> that's the thing these actresses are able to to they're just they're professionals they're consummate professionals they just make work and they make it fucking happen because that's Mm -hmm. all they do they don't need these whiz bang pops and bells and whistles to make their work happen they don't need to belittle anyone else to like give a good performance yeah they just do their job yeah imagine that imagine that imagine that but yeah this movie has so much terror before the horror begins and it's just i mean unless you're into spelunking and all the shit these women are doing it's horrifying even way before the cave-in when it's like they have to go through these tight passages and it's like some of it is underwater oh the water and you just think they're so far underground and they can't turn around and I know people do this kind of thing in real life, but I say no thank you. Why would you do that? No, it it doesn't work I mean, for me. I would like to go into a cave, but I want like a very controlled cave where it's like been very opened up and there's mm-hmm. like a foyer and like a, <laughs> a nice like chaise lounge. Like I want the, the glamour cave experience. Yeah, I've been to Carlsbad Caverns in New Mexico. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's that kind of thing is amazing. But anything where it's like... 
okay, this passage is as large as my body only, and part of it is underwater, <laughs> and no. we're 10 miles underground. Like, I i don't want to worm my way no. through a cave. I'm not, I'm not even getting on my knees. I'm not putting a light on my head. No. If I have to do either of those things, no, that's not happening. No No ropes. No No fucking ropes. No, no. Even at the beginning, they descend. (laughs) Like the name of the movie. Oh, I get it now. What does Jennifer Jason Lee to say? (laughs) (laughs) Don't descend. (laughs) She's also Pazuzu. (laughs) They drop down into this cavern, and I was thinking, like, they'd have to get back up. They're going to climb up their ropes. Yeah. Like, that was the plan, to get back up that way? No. It could have been, but no. Is they... there an escalator? Oh, well, in the sequel. I mean, in the sequel. that goes directly <laughs> yeah. into the undiscovered yeah. cave system. They're yeah. Like, Come here's the escalator, and here's the food court. There's a, yeah, there's um... your gift shop cave. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a crawler working at the uh, <laughs> hot dog on a stick, and it has a little... His little apron and little hat. hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, but it's such a, I mean, even, I mean, it's such a a good example of, like, perfect casting, good oh. writing and all that. But, yeah, just the, the the film itself is like, God damn, Neil Marshall, everything came together for this. The sound design of, like, the water dripping and the sand falling from the ceiling and the echoes of their voices. The occasional sound of, of Sarah's daughter or what might be that that she hears. Mm-hmm. The mumbles and the scrapes and all of that. And it's like that. And even the score is incredible. Oh, it reminds, it reminds me. Yeah, it reminds me of the score for Silence of the Lambs. And that it's like it's so yes. good and it adds so much, but you almost don't even notice it. It's like, it, yeah, what it like epic West Virginia Epic Appalachia adjacent um, epic drama score. Yeah. That doesn't like draw attention to itself so much that you're taken out of the moment. It just enhances whatever's happening. Yeah. It just heightens the emotion. It's really rare. so good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think this is Neil Marshall's masterpiece, right? Mm -hmm. Like what else? Like, I mean, besides Hellboy, obviously. (laughs) No, I really like Dog Soldiers. Um, Yeah. And it's funny that he followed dog soldiers with this because dog soldiers as much as i love that film it still kind of ends with like oh get it the woman is a bitch and she's evil and she's the werewolf you know spoiler right. alert. yeah uh which i i mean you could say oh well, it's just funny or it's a critique of something i don't know but to go from that in a really dude-centric movie that was really comedy based kind of campy um to go into this mm-hmm where it's like Oscar level work from all of these women and like really thoughtful writing. Like, where was was Deborah Hill? Did Deborah Hill co-write this with Neil Marshall? Because <laughs> yeah. it really feels like she did. It feels like she did, yeah. And then after this, he did what? He was back to Clown Town with Doomsday, where he's like, right, yeah. Was, I mean, he had Rona Mitra, God bless her, she's a queen. But then, like, okay, this movie's Resident Evil. Now it's Lord of the Rings. Now it's Mad Max. Now mm-hmm. it's, it's just bonkers. Yeah. Then he's gone for these like epic action movie hybrids, and it's yeah. just like, all right. I mean, if he's only going to give me one movie that I truly love, then I couldn't ask for anything better than this. Yeah. I like Centurion, because I love Imogen Poots. Right. Um, and there's a pretty cool picked warrior lady in it. But um, but this is like, this is it for him, man. It is so... Yeah. You, this is like, 
his Elm Street or his, uh, yes. you know, it's just, it's it. Mm-hmm. And it's still in my top 10, man. It still is. It still scares it still the shit is. out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still uh, it's so affecting. It. I think it was sadder than ever, this viewing. Yeah. Uh, and I'm also surprised that I don't like downers. Like, we know this about me. <laughs> right, yes. And this is one where I think it's it couldn't go any other way. It's, it is, yeah. she is perfect just the way she is, just like Bridget Jones. And <laughs> I don't know how to deal with, um, the, the tragedy hurts so much, but it, it just makes the movie that much more affecting and terrifying. <laughs> right. And sad. I can't, I can't help but think of all the sadness of, like, and I'm interested to talk to you about this with Juno and her choices. Yeah. Her shitty choices, her admittedly terrible choices. She's the reason this is all happening. She led them to the wrong cave. She was fucking Paul. She left the book, even though it wasn't for the actual same cave system. Uh, it was like her impulsiveness got them into this scenario. And you talked about how you really hated Juno this time. Traditionally, I'm always like I'm that I'm that 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 like goth kid who's like yeah <laughs> the second Sarah <laughs> stabs her in the leg with the ice axe yeah I still love that uh, but this time I was just like man I'm they could have got out they could have made it if she hadn't done that they could have fought together and they could have made it out I think right and, and that all comes down to the fact that she abandoned Beth because. Then it's still Juno's fault. It's still Juno's fault. But I mean, if I think even if she did everything else, if she hadn't done that, they would have gotten out together. Yeah, like Paul's dead. Paul's they dead. Both, there's um, kind of a beauty in seeing they're both grieving over it. She, if she had stayed with Beth, then she could have at least told Beth and made her realize it was an accident because it was an accident. Yeah. Um, Beth wouldn't have had the necklace because. Even if she had snatched it off of her, Juno could have taken it back. Yeah. You know, I think that is, that's when she sealed her own fate. Yeah. And it's, it seems like that situation, and this is, this is one of many like levels of the feminist critique I've seen of this film online um, that I'm interested in looking at is like, like people kind of talk about, I guess, the sort of feminization of the, um, the drama in the film around the women like of an affair or uh you know that like Juno's just choices to to fuck Paul and all that kind of thing like there's a there's sort of a gendered way of making it like women's issues I guess mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes any sense how I'm trying to say it mm-hmm. but but I feel like these are real mistakes these are real things that people do yeah <laughs> they're real mistakes um and it's handled in a way where it's actually really realistic with how human drama unfolds especially in friend groups Mm-hmm. And seeing like, I think Sarah, Sarah seemed to be kind of, I think it's one of those things where she knew in the back of her head that Juno and Paul were a thing. She and Beth both had a moment at the beginning where they're tying up the raft. They both look over. Where they both, it's not for sure, but they both know. Beth, like Juno, like Paul is handing uh, Juno a towel and, and Juno is looking very like kind of wistfully at him, not down mm-hmm. a hallway, but still wistfully at him because she is gay. <laughs> Even though she also fucks Paul. She's bot, she's pan, she's pansexual, she's queer, she's equitable. But, oh um, <laughs> you're welcome. But, like, it, it, I, Beth absolutely knew the entire time. 
Yeah, she knew right at the beginning, and then it was totally confirmed when in the cave when Juno's like, we all lost something that day. Yes. And Beth is like, probably wanted to haul off and punch her, but... I think Beth was, honestly, I think Beth knew, I mean, from that moment she saw in the, in the, in the beginning of the film, I think she, I think the confirmation helps and I think it helps Sarah too, but I think they both knew. I think Beth never brought it up because Sarah was so traumatized. This has only been a year that she's been grieving her child and her husband. Oh yeah. You don't add to that with, oh, by the way, guess what your dead husband was doing? Like you don't, you don't do that. They know why Juno ran off. Um, right. and it's just something, instead they made the drama about Juno leaving and not being there instead about confronting right. the reality of why she did that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it just, I've seen these critiques that like, it's, it kind of uses, uh, these kind of ideas of, of cheating or of like infighting between women over romance or things like that. It kind of, I've seen that read as like, well, Neil Marshall is doing that as a dude and that lo- lessens the film. Uh, I think that's valid to an extent. I don't think that it lessens the film, and I don't think that it's anything he necessarily did consciously. But it is, there is the whole like, oh, well, of course, the women are fighting over a man. Yeah, yes, yeah. Like, that's there. It's like, for me, it doesn't, I'm not giving it a negative mark because of that, but I do think that that's there. Yeah. But I still, I still feel like it's just really real, and it's well, it's really well done. It's not they're not yeah. having a cat fight, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's not anything like that. But ultimately, and I think it's 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 a whole complex ball of reasons why it falls apart. But when it comes down to it, it's like they're fighting over a man. But even then, I think to the same extent that you were saying earlier, like. Um, even then it, it the ice axing becomes less about Paul and less about that crime <laughs> than it is because of what she did to Beth. Yeah, that's I mean, she confronts her directly about Beth. And when yeah. I think when Juno lies about it. Yeah, that did you just, see her that, die? Yeah, that's the that's now there's no turning back. Mm-hmm. It's, it does, it's, I mean, part of it, the fact that she, like, shows her the necklace right before she hits her with the axe makes it seem like, here's why I'm doing it, but I do think Beth is a huge part of it. Yeah. Because Beth and Sarah had a very special relationship. They were besties, and Beth mm-hmm. was perfect. Beth was so perfect. Beth is the best. <laughs> She's <laughs> literally the best. best. To that end, like, these act, all these actors are fantastic. Um, where the fuck are they? Juno's done, like, nothing else. Juno's done, like, nothing else. I was just, I was looking at it last night. Beth has a new movie. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I mean, they're from, a lot of them are from the UK, so they do a lot of work over there, like TV shows and stuff like that. You know, but they've definitely, um, Rebecca is just gone. Like, she hasn't done anything in years. Miana Burring is doing a lot. She was in Kill List. She's in Kill List and some other stuff. She's in, um... The new The Witcher show that's going to be on Netflix. I guess she's in that. Oh, that's the thing that's coming out. Yeah, so oh, wow. she's she's worked steadily, but, it's, but it like, is it's one of those that you you're like, where are they? I want more of these women. And Sarah, like, we haven't even really got to really. Sarah, like, Shauna fucking McDonald, who mm-hmm. is the backbone of this film. Yeah. Uh, she is the lens through which we experience everything, which is also really a rough job to pull off because she's kind of 
uh, go undergoing many means of fracture in her life. Mm-hmm. Um, Shauna McDonald, I've only seen her listed on the back of Harriet the Spy Blog Wars. Like, <laughs> <laughs> besides doing this movie. So, like, I, I mean, obviously, and the sequel to Descent 2, which um, features her and Juno again. Yeah. She Actually, they all come back in the sequel, don't they? Because they, you see them on video and there's new scenes. Like oh, yeah, the, I think so. From the camera. Yeah. Damn it, do I want to watch that now just because I'm in a decision? I feel like I was very forgiving of it I at the time. I hated it. I hated it. I think I knew that I hated it, but I didn't want to admit it because I love the first film so much. And I was so happy to see Shauna McDonald again that I was like, no, it's good. I thought it was going to be bad, but <laughs> it's actually surprisingly so good. The hot dog on a stick scene was shockingly suspenseful. <laughs> Yeah, I can't believe I, they'd put a whole shopping mall out in the woods like that. <laughs> but it makes sense when you think about it. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, it, I I think I remember I I had the experience with the sequel of um like kind of the opposite of my Blair Witch Two Book of Shadows experience or Book of Shadows mm. Blair Witch Two where it was like. I spent years wanting to like it and like occasionally watching it thinking it would be good and never really willing to admit that it's a giant piece of shit until we went to watch it for Gaylords and then never reviewed it because we both like this is so bad. It was so bad. And then I just but like it was opposite of that where it was just it's it was shit from the it, from the beginning with Descent 2. Yeah. Uh, but I do want to watch it again now just to see more of these queens back in action. Right. See if, see if it is as terrible as I remember which it probably is. But I, I think that was my thing is like, well, it's they're all in it, so it's good. But then when it's over, you're like, why didn't I just watch the first movie again? Yeah, why didn't I just watch the first one? The one mm-hmm. thing I do remember liking about the second one is that Juno is still alive in those caves. Right. But yeah. alas. It's, it's some kind of testament to how cool she is that you still manage to root for her, even though everything is her fault. And she doesn't do a whole lot to redeem herself. She does a thing or two. Yeah. But she's just, she's badass. Yeah. She's a bad person, or she makes terrible choices, but she's also right. badass. You know? And mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's really, inci- especially from a male filmmaker. Right. She's not just the bitch. She is complicated. Right. Everybody's complicated, you know? Yeah. And also, I mean, it's funny. That I love that you brought up the Tomb Raider line um, because all the women in this film are Tomb Raider. Yeah. Um, and I love that this movie formed the blueprint for so many aesthetic choices in the Tomb Raider reboot video game. Yes. Which I am a huge fan of. All the way down to the ice axe and to that, that shot, the iconic shot in the movie of Sarah emerging from the blood pool. Mm-hmm. Like, all of that's in the Tomb Raider game, which is great. Yeah, it's interesting that he, Neil Marshall, aped a lot of iconic shots and things from movies that he likes. Yeah, because that's from, like, what, the Schwarzenegger or Van Damme. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, is it? The, I don't the, know. Ri- the rising up from the water, except he made it blood. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, like, there's the shot that's very... Speaking of Silence of the Lambs, um, the shot of Juno jogging in the woods. Yes. That whole sequence is very Silence of the Lambs. Um, Her whole outfit is modeled on Burt Reynolds' outfit from Deliverance. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you've got shots from Aliens and shots from Texas Chainsaw Massacre and all this other stuff. So he took all of that and made it into something new while also making his own shots that other people would ape. Yeah, where Tomb Raider, As Above, So Below, um, mm-hmm. any it, The Hills Have Eyes 2, any cave horror is all sent ever since this movie has been made. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love hearing you say Texas Chainsaw Massacre because I never realized how fucking Sally Hardesty Sarah goes in that ending. Yeah. When she is, when she is, it's like, is it in her mind when she escapes from the cave? Covered in blood with her long blonde hair. She's screaming. Her eyes are all kinds of Sally Hardesty meets Carrie White darting everywhere. Just scream, panic, running. Mm-hmm. Totally Sally Hardesty. Yeah. Yep. 100%. <sighs> And then that ending, she runs to that truck, she's driving off, she pulls over, she sees, we get a jump scare with a a semi driving by, and then we get another jump scare with Juno's ghost sitting in the car with her. Yeah. Which is where the American version cut. Yes. And then I was like, ooh, that was a silly ending for an affecting movie otherwise. I know. But then you go in and watch the full ending. Man, you know, I watched the full ending last night. I did the unrated, and I'm like, I found myself saying, I, I want her to get out. As corny, have a silly American ending. As silly and corny as that American jump scare ending is, I'm like, she deserves to make it. It's the only kindness you get in the movie after that whole journey. Yeah, but that it's all just in her head. Even though I think even the stupid ghost is like, I was thinking that before the ghost showed up when she's driving in a panic and the car's going too fast and like she screams and all this other stuff, she's crying. And I'm like, I'm thinking about it and I'm like, when she gets better from this, what she did to Juno is going to haunt her for the rest of her days. Oh, yeah. No, it's totally Sally Hardesty in that respect, too. She's done. Yeah, she's done. And so then I was like, like, is it, you know, less cruel for her to just, I don't know, be in her happy place in the cave with, like, the image of her daughter? That's the thing, is at least she gets to see her daughter. And then as it zooms back and you hear the crawlers all surrounding her. And and the cake is suddenly, with the lit candles, is no longer the cake. It's just the torch. And Sarah, at least Sarah's somewhere else. Right. You know, like Beth says to her, and I, this line really hit me on this viewing, but when she says the worst thing that could happen to you has already happened and you're still here. Yeah. When she's trying to talk Sarah down and the, God, and what the a... cave's about to collapse. Beth is so wise and perfect. She's so fucking wise. <laughs> and how amazing that she's like, no, the, this this cave collapsing on you is not going to be terrible because the worst thing that could happen has already happened. Like you were yep. in the car as your kid and your partner died. Yep. And... But that's so sad. It's not true. The literally, it can get worse, and it does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, but then, luckily, I mean, she has to go somewhere else, which then leads to this other fan theory. Oh boy. Uh, have you? Where it's all the Friends universe, you know? It's all Phoebe's hallucination. <laughs> but no, like it's people say like there's this other fan theory that Sarah was just the, it's the descent into madness, and Sarah has lost her mind and has hallucinated the entire thing and killed all of them. Yeah, and they're like, well, that happened because she took those pills at the beginning. AKA And it's like, like, this is... Antidepressants? And her antidepressants, (laughs) or maybe, like, she's in chronic pain now or something. It's like, oh, so you're basing... a car accident? Like, don't give me... As much as I love television's Dallas, we don't need the Bobby Ewing is actually alive (laughs) in the shower ending. (laughs) 
for fucking oh, everything. God. You know what I mean? She like, looks over in the car and it's just Patrick Dempsey in the shower <laughs> as a ghost. Yeah. It's like people love that is a, such a favorite fan fucking theory for it's every, so every every single horror movie. Someone will find a way to be like, um, excuse me. What if she's just crazy? <laughs> and she made it all up. <laughs> And okay, you know what wh- what's what's your evidence for that? Well, no one's gone to the bathroom in this movie. <laughs> okay, now they're right. <laughs> People usually have to go at some point. <laughs> Therefore, she hallucinated Therefore everything. Therefore, she hallucinated. Her yeah, because the urine was spilling out from her bladder and infecting her bloodstream. <laughs> yeah. I to me, there is absolutely zero evidence of that, and I will not just... entertain it total bullshit and it's a slap in the face of any criticality around thinking about this friend group or what the movie is telling us about these women and who they are yeah Uh, the only fan theories i'm ever interested in hearing about anything involve somebody being gay they're all gay (laughs) listen did sarah lose her mind and did she kill everyone absolutely fucking no way Are they all gay, and is this actually a scissor fest (laughs) just waiting to happen? (laughs) Duh. You fucking know it. You saw Beth's pajamas. You saw those goddamn wallpaper pajamas (laughs) that are amazing. So, I don't know, just people coming up with these fucking fan theories that are just clouding my timeline with your goddamn theories. There is a reason that someone who is not you wrote this movie. (laughs) Yeah. That's all I can say. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Does she lose her mind by the end of it? Sure. You know what? She's had a pretty stressful fucking day after a pretty stressful fucking year. Yes. She has had one hell of a time and just let the queen have her fucking torch cake. It doesn't mean she killed everyone. How dare you say that she would kill precious Sam? Or precious fucking Beth? Yeah. That doesn't even make any sense. No. And it's gaslighting. You're now gaslighting. You're saying Sarah made up the whole affair. Sarah made up mm-hmm. Beth being stabbed by Juno. You're sa- you're pl- blaming it all on Sarah. You're you're a fucking misogynist, is what yeah. you are. Yeah, you're the misogynist now. You're the monster. <laughs> you're you're no better than one of those goddamn <laughs> crawlers. <laughs> Not even the baby one. Not even baby. Oh, baby. And then when mommy's like, "Where's baby?" Yeah, <laughs> so sad. <laughs> it is sad. It's so it makes you think who's really the monsters here, you know? <laughs> this is like a George Romero movie. Oh my oh, god. Yeah. Who's the monsters? Them Maybe Dennis Hopper's worse than the zombies. <laughs> it's amazing. <sighs> Technically speaking, I will say um the only thing that let me down with this it wasn't even a letdown. The only thing I could even zero in on with this movie and be like, oh well that's not as effective is I was like, I noticed CGI bats. Yeah, there's a couple of moments of CGI at the beginning. There's some like matte painting y CGI moments of placing people into caves in different shots. Yeah. Um that's literally it. And then would the crawlers not be able to smell them? Right. That's my only other question. Wouldn't yeah. they have developed more of a sense of smell and not just be... But maybe... Oh, but they do have those... They always have that bile falling out. Right. So maybe they just... They're really um, congested. They all have... Um, That's true. Sinus problems. They need so, mutant never mind. Never mind. Never mind. 
Neil Marshall thought it through. <laughs> yeah. The CGI never bothered me back in the day, back in the heady days of 2005. Like, that didn't stick out to me at all. Now it does, like, watching it on Blu-ray or something. And, and it's it, just, the HD has evolved past the yes, film at this yeah, point. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but but even then, perfect. that's like. Perfect. Yeah, there's like three shots where I was like, oh, this just breaks the illusion that they really are in a cave. <laughs> right, yeah. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Well, that uh, every, it's the, everything is practical effects. You know, yeah. it's like they went there. It's like the crawlers are, I, I shudder to think about this being made today because all the monsters would be CGI. Oh. This is all people in bodysuits. The cave oh. was built on a sound stage. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, you would like, see CGI things crawling up on the stalactites mm, and etc. It would be atrocious. Oh, I can see it right now. It looks like Constantine. Yeah. <laughs> you'd Which, see you'd see Tilda Swinton like crawling up the stalactites. <laughs> okay. Okay, wait a minute. Is she just <laughs> as Helena Marcos? Take me back. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly I'm I'm feeling a feeling. Yeah. So it's yeah. perfect. It's perfect. It's fucking perfect. And and once it, just that Sarah watching her turn into that goddamn motherfucking badass, fearless, flawless, blood-soaked queen with those Sally Hardesty eyes. Oh my god! When Juno says, "What happened to you?" Oh, <gasps> she is in her final form now, baby. It's that's the th- like she. I mean. I, and watching this again last night, I was like, I think Sarah really laid the groundwork. For these badass fucking dynamite women we're seeing today, mm-hmm. like before, before, um, before what? Before Aaron from You're Next, yeah. There was really just Sarah, right? Yeah, and she doesn't like, really get the props as you know. No, I mean because I it's, guess it's because... more of an ensemble, I think. And there's the there's her psyche unfolding and falling yeah. apart. There's the 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 fact that she doesn't make it out, which I think is also a testament to the time, but also is really a, a, appropriate with the film, yeah, and the story and how it and how it's supposed to affect us. Um, but yeah, I'm like, what? And before Sarah it was like Sid Prescott, who was also a badass, but never was soaked in blood, stabbing people with ice axes and waving torches around. Yeah. So it's just like seeing that evolution. I'm like, damn, Sarah is a formative motherfucking queen. Hmm. I love her. I love her. I love them God all. Damn it, I might have to watch the second one. <laughs> I'll just rewatch this one. Just rewatch this one. It's so good. God. The reveal of the monsters when we finally see them, when it's the night vision shot and one of them. Oh, I hate it. Pops up behind Beth. That is an iconic genre moment right there. And he's just, he's just hanging behind her like, like a, Mm -hmm. like a, like a, like the drunk guy in the pit at the Lana Del Rey concert I went to. (laughs) Just like out of his mind drunk, just hanging over Beth. (laughs) Oh, it's so fucking scary. It is. Even when Sarah first sees the, the guy. Mm-hmm. And he's like drinking the water, yeah. And she can she can barely make out what it is. And she's like, "I think there's a man back there." It's like, um, that's I no, saw a man. He's he's not gonna lead you out of the cave. That's yeah, <laughs> what man looks like that? Yeah. yeah. But it's just so terrifying. The slow the slow unfolding of like, oh wait, the worst is not just the rocks, <laughs> right? Yeah, because you do see they are in the background of a few shots. Yes. 
you know, or you like, or a couple of times when they're worming their way through the caverns and you'll just see, it's like, yeah, there's water dripping, but is that slime also? Uh-huh. You know, like it's such a nice slow burn to get to the reveal. God, slime, a whole bunch of deviated septum motherfuckers. <laughs> they're gross. What a movie. What a movie. If you haven't watched it in a while, give it a go. Because it is as good as you remember. Seriously, I mean, of of the last 30 years, this is one of them. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. This is, this is one of the key films. Mm-hmm. And man, is it so good. Perfect. Perfect Beth. R.I.P. Beth. R.I.P. Beth. Honestly, R.I.P. all of them. I mean, maybe also Holly, but R.I.P. all of them. <laughs> R.I.P. you perfect queens and Holly. And Holly. <laughs> Listen, it's I mean, real. It's that everybody feels that way. So. Everybody feels that way. Sorry, Even Holly. Juno feels that way and they're banging, probably. Even Holly is like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's fair. It's fair. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> Oh, with that said, um, Stacy, do we have a listener question today? Of course we do. We love questions. You have a question you want to send us, you can do so. Uh, we're on Instagram at Gaylords of Darkness. Hey, hey. Uh, hey, hey. Facebook.com slash Gaylords of Darkness. Twitter, Gaylords of D. Which I love, by the way, that you have adjusted our Twitter name <laughs> for this no, month. For Spooky Month, yeah, yeah. How, like you said, how did it never dawn on us? It never dawned on us, but now our twiddle, ha- twiddle, twiddle handle, our twiddle dd, <laughs> twiddle dd, our Twitter Twitter handle is right now Gaylords of Darkness Tears and Sighs. <laughs> because we are fags. Because we are Suspiria faggots. And so sue me, you know. So motherfucking suspiria us, okay? Oh God! Oh dip, I get it. Uh huh. Yeah. So Twitter, or you can even send us an electronic mail, uh, gaylords at gaylordsofdarkness dot com. If you have a question, yeah, everyone's doing emails. Everyone's doing emails these days on the computer. So, but this question comes from Ashley, who asks, what are some of your favorite non-traditional movie monsters? Oh, yes. Coming off of Descent, and we got some spooky goblin creeps. I love the, I mean, I love the crawlers. They're great. Yeah, they're so fucking scary. I thought about this, and I was like, but I don't, I'm not really super into monster movies. I don't think. But then I thought of a whole bunch that I like, so... Yeah, yeah. What you, what you got? Well, I mean, I went really non-traditional. Um, Silent Hill. Oh, every, that's on my every, list. Everything in Silent Hill. Silent everything. Hill, not the best movie. Is it the best video game series? Absolutely. Uh, but the monsters in it, even in the film, are so well done. So scary. So scary. So gross. So scary. I love the Silent Hill monsters. Fucking pyramid um, head. Ugh. Yeah, pyramid head. Ay ay ay. Uh, the thing, as seen in oh. <laughs> the thing. <laughs> <laughs> the 
imagine that. <laughs> imagine that. I don't know that you get much better than the thing in terms of movie mon- like non-traditional movie monsters. Non-traditional meaning no Draculas, no the mummies, I guess, you know, no, that kind of thing. Werewolves. Yeah, you know, outside of the universal monsters paradigm, that sort of thing. No um naked Kevin Bacon hollow man, <laughs> invisible man. No invisible hollow men, none of that. Um the thing, I mean it's kind of, for me, that's kind of the ultimate, and I think it's one of the ultimate horror movies in terms of practical special effects. Oh, a terrifying fucking monster and Adrian Barbo as a chess computer? Yes. <laughs> and Kurt Russell's sideways cowboy hat. Oh, babe. He's a babe in that movie, man. Mm-hmm. Um, what's yeah. one of your, what's like your favorite instance of the thing in that movie? Because it takes I so many love, different forms. I know. Oh, so many. I mean, you got to love the head that turns into like a spider and crawls. Oh. <laughs> but I really love it when he's doing the, you know, the EKG paddles or whatever they are. Yes. And he smashes through his chest and then the like our giant arms come out. And it turns into like teeth, teeth chest. Yeah. Oh, oh that's my favorite part, too. I yeah. love that. Oh. Or even just when the blood, like, jumps out of the Petri dish, man. The oh, thing yeah. fucking rules. Things real right? good. Real good. For a movie that's all dudes except for the chest computer. Yeah. So good. Yeah, it's good. Scary. Yeah. It's gross. Now I, just I might need to watch that for Halloween. I want to watch that. I haven't watched that in a while. Spooky one. Um, I also love... A movie called Splinter. I think we've talked about it before. Fucking number one thing on my list. Yay! Splinter doesn't get a lot of love. It so doesn't. And it is so... I love Splinter. We should do an episode on Splinter down the line. Yeah. I love Splinter. It's real good. It's surprisingly good for... I think it's like one of those Dimension Extreme films or something. Yeah, it was a very low-budget darling. Very indie. Very low-budget darling. Yeah. Um, but great, great monster, great effects, really well-paced movie. It flies by action. I love that movie. Yeah. The monster is so unique. That's why when I thought non-traditional monster, like that was the first, that's why it was the top of my list because I have never seen anything like that weird. What? It's a thorn <laughs> like yeah. that, that turns you into a thorn beast. Yeah. Puppet. Uh, I love the monster at the end of the ritual. Oh, weird, weird um, goat, elk, monster man, beast, Blair Witch, cult, beast. Yes, that one. Yeah, yeah, that thing is weird as shit. That thing is weird as shit and really creepy. Mm-hmm. And I really like it. Um, also, I, my list is not, not substantial. I'm, I love a scarecrow. Yeah. I think that's a non-traditional horror movie monster. Yeah. I love scarecrow movies. What, like, which ones? Any specifically that you're really... I like Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Yes. I like Scarecrows. Mm-hmm. The movie Scarecrows. Those are probably the two favorites, I would say. Did I like Husk? I can't remember if I liked that one or not. I don't think I ever saw that. I think it's like a body-jumping Scarecrow. I'm not hmm. sure. I'd be into it. I also said um, The Brood, and I will say no more since someone I know has not seen it. Oh, I wonder who. That's nice of you, though. Uh, but I will say The Brood. And also, I'm not sure if this counts, but I said it anyway because I just have felt like talking about this movie. Um, the thing, monster thing from Humongous. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which sometimes you're like, okay, is it just like a, you know, a wrong turn kind of thing? When someone is born with unfortunate circumstances, shall we say? <laughs> Scan to say. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I love you, Mungus. And uh, that's, good that's my list. Good timey island. That's a great list, Stacey. Thank you. I want to watch all of those movies. Yeah, yeah. We should do a. We should do like a monster mash month. <laughs> Ooh. And play with some monsters, man. Let's do it. I'm into it. Maybe we should do that. I'm. I'm here for it. Yeah. God damn it. We're so scheduled out, though. I, I just... know. We'll get some monsters next winter. Yeah, next winter we can do a monster month. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Splinter is right at the top of my list. Um, as was Silent Hill. I absolutely agree. That, and, and also, like, I need to rewatch that because I actually do really like the movie. But um, I remember the CGI being weirdly effective and how it was incorporated with, like, costumes and, eff- and practical effects. Mm-hmm. Um, so I need to see that again. Um I love, I love, 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 like pod people kind of thing. Mm. Like I love a, a brain worm, like a parasite that gets in your head and takes you over like mm. an alien disease. So like I'm thinking Slither. I love yeah, Slither. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All about Night Slither. Night of the Creeps. Yeah. And Night of the Creeps, which like Slither is basically a remake of Night of the Creeps. Yeah. Um, I fucking love those. Also, Night of the Creeps is super, It like that's queer horror, right? Yeah. His roommate, like, totally gay and in love with him. Yeah. Anyway, um, big fan of those. I love those disgusting parasite things, worm things that crawl on people and get in your head. I love in Slither. I love those nasty, gnarled, like, kind of society-esque body horror alien blobs they turn into. (laughs) (laughs) And, oh, my God, the best part ever is when they're all just eating. And that woman's like... (laughs) You don't know what it's like to be this hungry! (laughs) I love gnarled, gross, um, blob people just turning into nasty uh, buffet Republicans. My favorite. Like, (laughs) that was me in Las Vegas. I love them. Um, Brainworm, also a big fan of that. Like, um, what was that? Did you see that TV show? I think it was called Braindead with Mary Elizabeth Winstead. No. It was on really briefly. I actually, Jason and I never finished the very last episode because we didn't want it to end because it got canceled after season one. <laughs> but it was Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Tony Shalhoub. And I can't remember who else, the guy from Grease Live. But it was where brain worms, like this, these alien brain worms are getting into people's heads and they're turning them into um, Republicans. <laughs> oh, wow. And it was like a Washington, D.C. drama with brain worms. Um, so I'm just a big fan of that. Uh Keeping down the alien route, I also, I really love the Deadly Spawn. Oh, yeah. And I specifically love those aliens in the the Deadly Spawn because they are so different than any other, like, kind of aliens I've seen. They're just those weird, like, almost plant, tentacle monster, big teeth things. Um, And I love them. I love, I guess, I'm shocked at how much of my list is, like, alien adjacent. Yeah. I guess I really like an alien because I was also thinking... It's not exactly horror, but I just did a screening of Starship Troopers, and mm. those bugs are so fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. And CGI-wise, and 
and practical effects wise they totally hold up like pretty well um so just the design of those like the arachnid soldiers but also the giant like brain bug and yeah. all the all the the giant ass aliens that shoot out lasers love those guys um <laughs> Kind of down a similar route along with aliens, but sort of more interdimensional entities uh, from beyond. Oh, like, yeah. Huh. That, those, those just, they, it kind of goes into Slither slash Night of the Creeps territory, too, with, like, the weird society blob people. Um, just people becoming these grotesque, scarified, interdimensional versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, or, like, I'm thinking of... When when Jeffrey Coombs at the end, like his pineal gland just pops out and he has that weird gross phallic <laughs> thing just sticking yes. out of his forehead. Everything's insane. Barbara Crampton is like in her lingerie. Nothing makes sense. It's wild. There's colors everywhere. Big fan of that. Um, and then I guess following up with literally everything from your list too, I think my one of my last ones that I really love is uh, um, Pontypool. Jason reminded me of this one. But... I love Pontypool so much, and I love these guys specifically as zombies, but as a totally different kind of zombie, hmm. where it's an it's a it's a, a sort of undead zombieism or zombie adjacent uh, infection spread through something something in the language, um, and the fact that they don't just eat people, but that they try climbing inside the mouths of other people, <laughs> yeah, and they explode. Uh, <laughs> terrifying and you also don't really get to see it too much it's just right. kind of heard and told about so i think non-traditional zo- a take on a non-traditional zombie big fan of that i really enjoyed it mm. um and yeah that's I, li- I like gross aliens i love blob people i mean look helena marcos that's my aesthetic <laughs> right there skexies <laughs> right there just blobs gnarled curdled blobs sign me up sign me i am my I am um hut sexual, I guess, is what I'm saying. Well yeah. like I was saying about people born in unfortunate circumstances. <laughs> Skin disease. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you you've learned a lot about my bedroom practices I today, sure have. Stacey. I think it's about time we cancel the show. Yeah, I, we uh, made it two we've... episodes into season two. Yep, we tried, and now it's over. Oh well, at least we got three Suspiria episodes out of it. It's true. It's true. Well, uh, that's the show. That's it. Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, Oh oh my god! god. Oh Oh my my god! God. Tune in next time for more gay 